Hey everybody, it's your favorite Reconstructionist, Eric Brown and Phil Relly, and welcome to episode number 29 of the one and only show bringing you tips and tricks to working vehicle collision cases from the best experts in the industry every Wednesday. Today's topic is, once you've arrived, it's the beginning of the end. So grab your expert angle coffee mug and settle in, three, two, one, off we go. Every year, traffic crashes claim the lives of over a million people and account for over $500 billion of injuries around the world. A small select group of people from police to attorneys to expert investigators are tasked with getting justice for the victims, protecting the rights of involved parties, and ensuring the story is told accurately and honestly. Unfortunately, we believe that is an impossible task without the right team of experts. If you agree, then keep on listening for actionable tips from leading experts across various industries that you can start taking today to elevate your professional game. If you disagree, then tune in anyway and let us convince you with our ideas. We are Eric Brown and Phil Rally, and this is Crash Tech, the expert angle. Welcome back to the show, guys. Crash Tech, the expert angle podcast is brought to you by Crash Tech Reconstruction Services. If you have an accident that you need answers for or you think the other side has it wrong, Crash Tech can help. Connect with us at www.crashtechreconstruction.com to submit your case for a free review. So Phil, another episode, another day, still on location here in sunny Florida, and uh, you're still in the snow. You suck. (laughs) But listen, so today's show, I wanted to cover something uh, inspirational, I think, a little motivational for people. I don't know why you got to keep making shows about me, but go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I'm just saying it. Uh, so listen, here's here's the saying that I want to start this show off with and then we will discuss. All right. You ready for this? You ready? I'm ready. I'm going to blow your mind. Uh, we'll see. Good. All right. The moment that you think you've arrived is the beginning of the end. How about that? That's like some Confucius stuff, right? Actually, I read that in my fortune cookie. I'm joking. I didn't really, but it sounds like it could be. I should sell it to the fortune cookie company. Just an idea. Or is it be, or is it the beginning of a new beginning? The start of a new beginning? No, I disagree. No, because what it's saying. <laughs> listen, we're going to interpret evidence differently here. Yes, we are. Here we go. <laughs> what it's saying, right? What I'm taking from that saying is. When you feel like you've arrived, when you feel like you no longer can learn anything new, that's the beginning of the end. You're on your way out. Okay. What do you think? Thoughts? Yes? Yeah. Um, And conversate. I don't know (laughs) if that's actually a word. I don't know if that's a saying or not, but I'm going to pretend it is, and uh, we're going to roll with it. (laughs) Well, I I think the – Look, I have stumped him. Y'all, look at that. It has taken me 10 years to learn how to stump Phil. Now I'm just trying to think of how to put this. So shut up. (laughs) I've rendered him speechless. (laughs) For that moment in time, you you, you may be where you think you're at the top, you're at the peak, and there's no more altitude to be gained um, with your feet firmly planted on, on the ground. But there, there always is because there's always someone somewhere doing something that's going to be revolutionary, that's going to change the industry. And You're talking about me. And when, <laughs> and when that comes out, 
um, they are going to be at the forefront of that subject matter and you now have to play catch up. So you now have to learn about it and then either challenge it, accept it, um, apply it, whatever the case may be. But you're, you're never at the point where you have all of the information and, and there's no other information out there. Yeah. And so, you know, kind of the way I look at it, right, is you're on this like constant uphill climb. And if you've ever uh, you ever watch any of those shows about uh, like climbing Everest. No, right. I'm, okay. I'm usually working. I don't I don't have that kind of time in my oh, life. Okay. Yeah. Well, well you're working. I'm watching TV shows. No, I'm just kidding. But um, so me and me and uh, me and Sarah, we have we used to watch this the show called uh Everest and it was like making the peak or something like that. But it was all about climbers, you know, going up the making their trip up Everest. And so this this really applies to like business and life, I I feel like, because what they would do is, you know, they start out at base camp and then they spend so long there because you have to to acclimate to the altitude. Otherwise you get altitude sickness and you can't breathe, stuff like that. You know, and then they go up the mountain a couple thousand feet and then they sit at that camp for a couple of days. Then they go up to the next camp and they they sit there for a couple of days. Then they go up a thousand feet, you know, and sit there for a couple of days. And so the trek actually takes like a month to summit Everest because you have to spend so long at all the camps acclimating to your new environment. And I feel like that's kind of the way it is too here, either growing your, your expert witness practice, growing your law firm, growing anything, right? Is you come out of school and you've learned a good foundation, right? You're at base camp. So now the next challenge is you need to learn and you need to grow. And, and so you, you, you focus on that, you get that growth and eventually you'll get to the top of whatever your, that, that certain subject is that you're learning, right? So let's apply this to recon, right? You go to basic recon. So you've, you've grown and then you hit that, you've graduated. So now you need to acclimate to that, right? You're okay. Take, take, take a breath, learn to apply what you've just learned, right? Now that you can apply it, now we need to go on and we need to learn something specialized, right? Go to commercial truck recon, go to motorcycle recon, learn human factors, do something, right? And so you'll, you'll grow there. Once you graduate that school, learn to apply it, put it into application and, and so forth and so on. And you just keep growing, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't know about you. Why would you ever stop? Right. Well, and unfortunately, um, one of the bigger components to this is money. You're right. And, it is and expensive. Let's just, and let's just be honest, you know, whether you're a reconstructionist working for a law enforcement agency um, or you're a reconstructionist working for a, a private company, um, training and, and continuing education does not come without a cost. And some of that continuing education is the cost is substantial. Now, for some of the uh, private reconstruction companies out there that may hear these podcasts may kind of chuckle and be like, it's not that much. Remember when you were that up and coming yeah. reconstructionist trying to get to that next threshold and money was a barrier. Yeah. You know, now you may come from a silver spoon environment and that may not be applicable to you, but that's not the vast majority of the experts out there. And, and you have to wait. Yeah. Or well, and while point. you're waiting, you're working cases because yeah. you've got to make money to be able to 
get yourself to that next threshold. So money is, unfortunately, you know, there was a wise old man who told me year, many, 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 many years ago. And I, at the time didn't really appreciate it. And that was my grandfather. And he said, you know, if you ever want the, the answers in life or answers to any question, follow the dollar. Yeah. Here you are. Yeah. Um, I thought you were so, going to quote me there for a second as the wise old man when I said, stop spending my money. <laughs> Followed the dollar. <laughs> Thanks, Grandpa. Right, um, yeah. But no, but no, and, and, and I think that's what, I think that's where a lot of people stop is they get, they get very frustrated with um, the dollar is always seems like it's spoken for. There's yeah. training or you want to go to training, but now there's this, upgrade to a software technology it's almost like your your office is bugged and and the moment you have some money set aside to go take this training a piece of technology you use the owner of that company realizes you're about to go to training so they want more of your money and they're sending an invoice out hey you have to upgrade to this or yeah. your stuff stops working so now you're 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 tasked with do i go to training or do i keep my equipment running it yeah. just never stops. And I think that's where the frustration lies. And a lot of people just say, Ugh, and they give up and focus on technology. 10 years goes by, they haven't taken any training and they find themselves in that, that rut where other people are passing them by. Yeah. You know, or let's, let's look at the flip side of that and look at law enforcement. I mean, you and I both know departments that have unlimited budgets. These guys can go to, I mean, we've uh, seen departments where, where they'll fly officers all over the country to attend trainings. They'll pay for hotel rooms and travel expenses. And I mean, mm. it just is what it is. But then on the, on the flip side of that, we know departments that yeah. if, if it costs one penny to go to training, it's denied. Well, and, and those same departments oftentimes are the departments that have this understanding in their mind, or at least this vision in their mind. When I send you to crash recon training, you go through all four blocks. That's it. You know everything there is to know. There's no need to send you to any advanced training because it's just fluff. It's just you trying to waste money. It's you trying to get off the road. It's you trying to go do something, not be at work. And that couldn't be further from the truth. You well, and I, I mean, that. that's sort of partly true. <laughs> for some right. and those are the I mean, ones probably that we'll be talking about in a later episode but <laughs> um but no and, and departments that do that are really hurting themselves and it's a shame because um when you go through one through four you have i mean you you know gosh you just had all this information piled into your brain and your brain is trying to figure out which filing cabinet to stick it in and uh and now we're trying to put more information in there because you, I don't want to say you, you've you learned enough to make yourself dangerous. That's not my point. You, but you've learned so much. Mm -hmm. But it's the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, That's like it's I always tell people I'm like going to recon. I equate with graduating high school. Yeah. You've got a general education, but you haven't learned how to specialize or apply anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, you know, the other thing, too, that you got to think about is the cost in time. Because it's time away from your families, yeah. it's time away from your work, you know. And, and so if if you're the owner of, uh, you know, a company or the chief of a police department or something like that, you've got to look at manpower and things like that. Right. And so we've heard this a lot of guys that are like, oh, man, I can't go to training because, you know, the, my department's not sending me because of manpower or whatever. But and I don't know about you, Phil, but for me, coming up through levels one through four, 
I did it over, I don't know, maybe two years, three years. And for those like three years, I, because I was, I was a relatively new officer, so I didn't have a big vacation bank yet. Uh, but I used all my vacation and all my comp time to go to training and paid for it out of my own pocket. So for like three years, I didn't go on a single vacation with my family. I didn't go, you know, there were no just days off to go golfing and stuff like that, that, that I enjoyed doing because any time off that I had was spent going to training and paid for out of pocket. So then I would come home and have to work extra jobs, side, side jobs, stuff like that and save up so I could go to training because it just, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, yeah, the vast majority of the hours of training I've got, you know, and all the subject matters, classes I've went to, it was out of my own pocket on my own dime. And, you know, yeah. And, and so and when you just, look back, I mean, like I look at your CV, cause I think last time I calculated it, you have eight, 800 and some hours of training. Yeah, somewhere like that. I lost track. I mean, so you figure a 40 hour work week, you know, or 40 hours worth of vacation. I mean, dude, you spent over half a year worth of vacation just going to trainings out of your own pocket. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's just one of those things. I mean, if you're going to do this and I guess, I guess what's your motivation in doing this? Are you doing it because you're seeking the truth or you want to, you want to find out the truth or you want to find out more information about the truth? I mean, what's your driving force? And that's going to guide your path on training. I mean, if you're just wanting to be able to do some neat drawings and work some math and, and, and play that game, then maybe you stop at four and see how far that gets you. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, stop, I mean, it, stop it technical, stop at level two. Yeah. You can do, you can do some math, you can do some diagrams, but like, I don't know. Or you could just not go at all and say, Hey, I've watched this person do it. So I know how to do it. I yeah. Mean, just join, join SWAT. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sorry. It's just too separate. Uh, it, but you know, you, you bring up a good point when you say just join SWAT, I mean, you say that we said, you know, you said that jokingly, but think about that. It's the same principle. Yeah. Would you, you know, if you were a department, would you grab a one year experienced officer off the street and throw them into a, a, a situation like SWAT? No, you would not. Right. You know, not without what training. Yep. And those guys, you know, those guys too. I mean, I, I know many of SWAT officers that, you know, that man, they just, they burn so much vacation time and pay for, for thousands and thousands of rounds out of their own pocket to go to these trainings yeah. and uh, pay range fees and everything else. So guys, it's no different on our side. Now we're a little geekier, you know, like I said, many times, I mean, I, you know, a couple of years in, I just put my gun in my locker and never had to take it back out because my, my calculator was in my gun holster. So I didn't have room to carry it anymore. And, uh, you you're, know, just this, you're Will, you're Will Farrell and the other guy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and like, you know, my, my training captain used to get mad at me because he's like, where's your, where's your magazines at for your Glock? And I'm like, well, you know, I, I use my mag pouch just to carry my colored pencils, you know, stuff like yeah, that. They fit down in there. Yeah. They they do. Fit down yeah. In there well, I mean, I got to sharpen them a little bit, make them a little shorter, but, uh, yeah, for the most part, they fit, they fit pretty well. And, uh, it was always it was always bad though when I get in a fight because you know all the pens come out of my pocket protector and my uniform and stuff like that yeah you know, spend time picking it all up <laughs> but no you know don't don't stop training don't ever get to that point and and unfortunately I mean true or false I think we both know an individual here in our state that feels that he's at his peak and he doesn't go to training anymore and he's out there still reconstructing crashes and because of that he's using like 1980 technology and methods and this this industry constantly evolves yeah constantly evolves 
um, you know, we go to training and then next year we go to training and, and they're already like, Hey, you know what? Nah, we found a more accurate way of doing this. So don't get to that point or that level where you're like, you know what? I've made it. And then you get comfortable. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? I think that's your worst enemy. I think complacency is your worst enemy of like, I've made it. I've learned all I can. The, nobody can teach me anything new. I think that's, that's a horrible mistake and a horrible yeah. mindset to have. You got to continue to invest in yourself. And, you know, and, and here's the other thing too. It's not, when I say invest in yourself, it's not just going to class and sitting in a classroom listening to a, an instructor and then doing hands-on and so on and testing out research. Yeah. I couldn't tell you how many times I'll get bored and go on Google and just research topics and see who's doing testing or who just recently authored something that, that uh, they've just thrown out on the web to see if it sticks and what kind of responses they get. You can get a lot of articles that maybe haven't been published in a, in a, in a magazine or a journal or something like that, that are just out on the web and you can see what their test was and what, you know, what their, uh, their hypothesis was and so on. And it's, and it's good information. So you can kind of see what's going on out there in the industry. Yeah. You know, um, are you going to use some of that data? I don't know. You may, I've reached out to some of those people that have done those tests though, and seen, you know, have you, have you developed the next phase of your test and where are you at? I'm interested to see what the outcome is and so on. So it's not just going and sitting in a classroom, getting your certificate and saying, yep, I went to that. I mean, it's more than that. Yeah. And I mean, unfortunately it sucks that you got to sacrifice some of your own time, but I mean, have you ever, has there ever been a scenario where maybe you're off the clock, you're no longer being paid from your department, and you're doing some research for a case at home. <laughs> and All I know it's the and I, time. And I know it's highly unlikely, but has there ever been a point with crash tech that, uh, you know, you've had to do some, some research because something's bothering you and you're off the clock and, and you're like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to research this. Are you really going to go down this rabbit hole this morning? (laughs) You know, just saying, just throwing that one out there. (laughs) It's all the time. Right. But isn't that what we owe it to yourself? I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's that, gosh, I got this this burning question. Yeah. You know, somebody's had to run into this and you start just firing emails out to 50 people and seeing who, you know, responds like, Oh, I ran into the same thing. And here's what I found. And then it becomes this big dialogue. And yeah. yeah. Well, and and more so than that you owe it to yourself, but like for me, I always feel like I owe it to the victims. You know what I mean? Like I, I owe it to them and I owe it to our clients to be the best version of me that I can be, if that makes sense. You know, and it's funny you say that because I was just thinking you do owe that to me because for a decade you victimized me. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not over yet. It's not, not even near being over. So just stand by. Uh, But But no, you're, you're right. You're spot on. That's exactly it. Yeah. You know, and, and I guess it, it all goes back to one of the, one of the very first cases I worked when I got my recon, and, and I don't know if I've ever shared this story on here or not before. I think you've heard it. Um, but, you know, I get back from reconstruction and uh, one of our one of our police officers for the city I worked for, he was off duty and he's coming down one of the main roadways. And this this young girl, she's like seven years old, I think she runs out across the roadway and uh, it's dark, you know, and, and he is he was less than 100 feet away. 
in a 35 mile an hour zone and she full out sprints runs off the sidewalk right in front of his car he hits her throws her into the next lane over and when that happens she gets run over by a little saturn car and gets tangled up in the drive shaft of that and with its exhaust pipe and everything gets drugged underneath that car for about 300 feet down the roadway and uh that was one of the first calls i ever get and and she lived thank god she lived but uh oh wow you get there and like you have you have your daughter you know and and so you know that cry and anybody that that has had kids knows that cry of like the difference between like i scraped my knee and i am really hurt mm-hmm. you know what i mean and man i got there as little girl was crying and uh, i just i sat in the, in the lane of traffic in front of my car and just held her until medics got there and uh you know, it was at that point, I'm like, man, I, I need to do everything in my power to learn as much as I can so that I can answer the questions involved in this case. Because yeah. everybody has questions. You know what I mean? Even though this officer was off duty, the department had questions. He had questions. The girl's mom had questions. Everybody has questions. Insurance companies have questions. Everybody has questions. And how are you going to go in there and not know how to answer these questions? Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and that's just it. You're going to have all these questions and you may not be able to answer them all. So in order to answer that question that was asked, you're, there's training, most likely, there's training to address that. So it yeah. doesn't stop because you never know all of the questions that are going to be asked, you know, and because every crash is different or every collision is different. Every event is different. Um and that's what makes this such a challenge is it, it, it's so evolving because the events are evolving. So the events are driving the evolution of change for the industry because as the events evolve, it creates training opportunities or uh, testing opportunities or research opportunities. And the moment something is authored, yeah. you know, there's a, there's a drive by that author or that group to get that pushed out to the, to the industry. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't come without a cost and, you know, whether the cost is time or whether the cost is time and money or just money, it doesn't matter. There's a cost. Yep. And that's you know, what just, unfortunately is the, is the ginormous speed bump in this industry. Yeah. You know, and, and I think, and, and this is the other reason too, that, you know, anybody that knows me knows I'm very passionate about, how I feel and I'm very opinionated about it and, and not afraid to put that opinion out there of how I feel of police officer reconstructionists that are, have, have been on live crash scenes versus people that just go to school and learn this in a static environment, mm-hmm. you know, is I think there's a huge difference. And, and I think when you look at CVs, typically, you know, the, the people that just go to college and come out and that's all they, they, do, they go to recon and then they pretty much stop. They don't really do much after that. I mean, they, they like they might go on then and write papers, publish books and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the guys that are in the field going to live crashes that are, that are police officers and things like that, they all have that story. I guarantee mm-hmm. at some point you have held the hand of somebody dying in a car, mm-hmm. something like that, as the police department is trying to save them. And, and you know, and, and you have you have been there. And, and that's a that's a, an event that you'll never forget. Yeah. And and I think that's what drives police officers to learn more. I think it drives you to be better. And there's just you can't I don't want to say you can't put a price tag on it cuz that's really it's not about price, but 
there's really no good way to articulate and get the point home of how invaluable standing in the scene of all the carnage and the smells, the sounds, the feel, what you, the the view, what you're seeing. I mean, I've had a number of times where, you know, I've seen a mark and, and reached down and put my hand, took my glove off and put my hand on that mark and could feel the heat coming off of the rubber transfer on the surface of the roadway. You know that that mark is, is related to your crash where people who have never stepped foot in a live crash that just happened, you know, five minutes ago, um, oftentimes want to argue that, you know, because that's such a high traffic area, that mark could have been any other crash. Yeah. No, I, I touched it. Right. You know, do you, do, do they know what, you know, the, the, the way rubber feels when it gets transferred to the surface of the roadway in a collision or, you know, the, it's just all of that. Yeah. You can't. Well, and, you know, we, we sort of laughed at TJ a little bit when, when he's on, because he, you know, we make fun of him that he's, he's, he's spooning with his tires, you know, and he's like, cause you've got to feel it and caress it and lick it and, you know, everything, you know, whatever else that he likes to do with them during his tire inspection. And, and that's, that's kind of case in point. And, you know, unfortunately my, my wife's laying here in the sun over here and she's going to walk over here and smack me when I say this, because it's probably the most unsafe thing you can do, but tell me you haven't done this, right? Where you see that mysterious fluid on the ground at a crash scene and you lean down and you smell it. <laughs> you dip your finger in it yeah roll around and kind of smell it away. yeah does it smell like oil does it smell like right. you know transmission yeah. fluid Ooh, i don't know what that is and right and i'm like i'm pretty sure like a hand every, sanitizer right every person <laughs> every person listening to this is like you guys smell these fluids you know but any cop that's listening to this i guarantee you're all shaking your heads right now like yeah i've done that <laughs> You know, and, and woe is me. It's horrible when you stick your finger in it and you're like, yeah, you're, you're kind of doing one of these numbers, you know? And, uh, you're like, Oh, that's that like thick cerebral blood that comes out of somebody's head. And then you're like, let me just chop my fingers off. (laughs) And, uh, you know, (laughs) it's, that's when you get those, those wipes out of your car that are like straight acid and they're like, you know, do not apply to skin. And you're like wiping your hands with them. (laughs) That's, that's when those wipes come out. (laughs) But it's it's interesting, you know, like you said, it's, you know, there's training and, and there's so much of it out there. Be careful when it comes to training. Don't 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 go take something that's really not tailored to uh, maybe your particular field. Um, if you're going to focus. Have a scope of where you want to take your your expertise and, and hone in on that on that scope, because it's also counterproductive to go out and just take everything on the, on the planet for training. And you're really not specialized in none is that whole, you know, Jack of all trades, master of none type thing. So, you know, you have all this training and you, and you may use it once every five years. Well, how, how effective or how good are you at it then? If you yeah. used it once every five years and 10 years, you've used it twice yeah. versus specializing or having a scope and taking a bunch of training geared towards that scope and you're using it 500 times in three years yeah yep you know in the, in the, the easiest way to to kind of explain this to people is think about like general contractors for your house right when you when you graduate recon you're a general contractor you know what i mean like you know where to go to find the resources that you need to build your house Right. And you can do a lot of the work yourself and, and you know, the fine points of it and stuff like that, or the, the general concepts. Right. 
but like we had uh concrete done behind our house, concrete work, you know, we didn't call a general contractor. We called a, a specific, a specialist in poured concrete and he came out and, you know, he stamped it and dyed it. And then he got down on hands and knees and spent a whole day out there brushing acid into it and changing the colors of certain stuff. I mean, it was amazing. This guy was an artist, you know what I mean? But that's, that's all he does. That's all he knows is concrete. Right. You know what I mean? And so it's kind of the same thing with, with recon. And, and when you guys come out of reconstruction class, you're the general contractor, right? You have the basic concepts of physics, how vehicles are going to move, the dynamics, how to investigate a crash, scale it out, solve for speed, stuff like that. But figure out where you want to go. Like for me, I love motorcycles. Super fun. I, I take a lot of motorcycle courses because the, that's just, that's a passion of mine. I like to ride. Um, you know, do that kind of stuff. You've taken a lot of commercial truck co- classes, you know, and motorcycle. You've done some motorcycle stuff too, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, and, and so that's like me, I have a general working knowledge of commercial trucks, but I'd say you specialize in that more, more so than me. And then we have Chris on the other side, does a lot with pedestrians, you know, me and you can work a pedestrian crash we can work a bicycle crash. We know some human factors, right? We have that enough knowledge and enough training that we can apply it. But if you really get stuck with a bicycle crash, right, we, we go to Chris yeah, because that's where that's his area of specialty. You know, he's our he's our roofer. Feels right. like my I don't know. What's like the worst job that you can have as a general contractor? I feel like that's what you are. <laughs> <laughs> You're just the guy that carries the drywall into the house. <laughs> you don't mud it or seam it. You just carry it in. You're like my brute force guy. <laughs> mm. So. But, uh, no, you know, so when you guys are looking at training, right, don't ever feel like you've ever arrived. Continue to learn, but continue to learn and grow in the area that that you want to specialize in. Right. And uh, and you'd be surprised because and TJ has spoken to this. Right. I think the, the pitfall that a lot of reconstructionists get into, especially if they're coming out or they have an interest in doing this in the civil side, because they're like, well, I need to know it all because otherwise I won't get any business. Yeah. Right. And, but like, look at TJ, he specializes in tires. That's all he does. He doesn't do any crash recon. He doesn't do any of that stuff. He only specializes in tires. And if you would have asked me, I'd have been like, man, that is a niche market. Yeah. Is it niche or niche? I don't know. Anyway. Yes, sir. All right. Ruling from the judges, niche or niche? She says she's heard of both words. She is no help, no help whatsoever. She has no expertise. She hasn't found her scope. <laughs> Actually, speaking of, no, she does have special uh, specialty. So same thing, right? You could go and get your general teaching license. And then Sarah went right. on to become special ed, sure. specializing in preschool. Yeah. Because tell me that that's not different than special ed in high school. You yeah. Know? And it's, it's, again, and it, it is across the board, you know, yeah. Um, Ooh, general surgeon, brain surgery. Right. Put this in, in terms of attorneys because I've talked to them. Right. You guys all graduate law school. That just means you can do everything. Right. <laughs> Litigate any case out. You could do a business law. You can do, you know, and you can to some degree. Right. But, you know, when I talk to PI attorneys, they they also share our view of like stay in your lane. Like if your personal injury, your personal injury, that's what you specialize in. Right. If you learn right. criminal defense, that's what you specialize in, you know. Uh, contract law you know there's attorneys that specialize in that writing wills and estates and there's all these specialties so learn your oh so apparently according to apple it's niche 
to the little pronunciation button that, that speaks from your phone. Oh, from Google. It's niche. Mm. So if you're listening to the show and we got that wrong, don't complain to us. Write Google that their little voice thing is wrong. Or send your hate mail to eric.brown at. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And, uh, but no. So, you know, find something, like I said, find something you're passionate in. Don't ever feel like you've arrived because the second you feel that way, I feel like it's a downhill slope. Once you hit the peak of the mountain, there's only one way to go. Yep. Yep. That's back down. Yep. So, like I said, to, to circle back around, once you feel like you arrived, I think it's the beginning of the end. Well, everyone, that's going to wrap it up for the day. As always, jump over to Facebook and make sure you follow and join Crash Tech, the Expert Angle Group. Also, if you want to leave us feedback, have an idea for a show, or would like to be on a future show, head over to Crash Tech Expert angle.podbean.com and click the link on the right that says contact the show. The form will come up, put anything that you want right in there. If you want more information on expert consulting services or training, visit us online at www.crashtechreconstruction.com. And finally, if you're a PI attorney, make sure you request to join the crash site Facebook group. Or if you're a defense attorney, make sure you request to join the crash site defense Facebook group. Neither site contains any ads or spam. It's just a private community that brings experts from all different areas together with attorneys to collaborate or ask questions. So again, guys, thanks for tuning in. And remember, always leave your accident victims better off than you found them because at the end of the day, everything we're doing is for them. <laughs>